Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Champions of Inspiration. Really excited today because we've got a special guest who uh, started out in corporate um, corporate Canada, actually. True. <laughs> as a corporate economist in a multinational company, but got physically sick, uh, migraines, depression, fibromyalgia, a variety of different things, and said, wait a second, this isn't the way this is supposed to be. So she traveled the world to work with scientists and doctors and mystics and spiritual leaders. And with all that collaboration, she found out the importance of physics in your life and energy. And we're going to talk about that, the quantum fields, and also now becoming a best-selling author of the book, Unstuck. Jennifer Huff, thanks for joining us here. I'm so excited to join you. I'm uh, I'm. Uh different person after having gone through the that entire book series and uh i'll tell you no joke (laughs) if everyone if ever anyone tells you that writing a book oh you know it's so no no it's a thing (laughs) it's a a thing so it's a thing so well we'll get into the book but what did you learn on the way to developing the book well i would well Lesson, biggest lesson happened when we launched it. I realized, and you're included in this, I realized the degree to which, you know, we're such lone rangers. And even before, you know, I remember um, one of my dear friends used to call me, she doesn't call me it anymore, but she called me a, a lone wolf. And, you know, we're, we're out there forging our way and society values that. And, and we've been told that, you know, you have to be the one who makes it happen. And, and even in our development, in order to validate our own existence, you don't want a lot of people helping you because you want to be the one for your own ego's sake that says that I did that, you know, meanwhile, back at the ranch, let me just tell you. The greatest lesson I got from writing this book wasn't in writing it, although it was in writing it as well, because my husband helped me tremendously. He's an amazing writer. The greatest um, lesson was in receiving and allowing my heart to grow big enough to let all the love and assistance come in from um you know, my friends in the evolutionary business council, people like you who I hadn't seen in a long time, you know, there were just the love poured in from, I just had texts yesterday saying, I told everybody I bought five books and I'm giving them out to my friends. And it, there came a point a couple of times, maybe three times now where I just went, okay, it's too much. I, I can't, it's, I'm good. Thank you, universe. Good enough. I really felt that way. Like, like, okay, I'm good. We're good. Like, don't want to have overabundance. I'm good. It's being selfish now. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to keep coming to the new understanding, which is an understanding I even teach about that overflow is endless. That the the amount that we can get be loved and given to is infinite by other people. And, and, just the same way I get such fulfillment out of being generous myself. Um, you know, it, it, we have to leave space for other people to be generous with us as well. 
And it was quite a humbling experience to tell you the truth. That's awesome. It reminds me, or, or what just came up intuitively was, yeah. uh, I was with um, Zig Ziglar one time uh-huh. and uh, somebody wanted to pay for his lunch. Yeah. And so they paid for his lunch and somebody else kind of behind the scenes commented, well, but this is Zig Ziglar. Why would, you know, why would he let somebody buy his lunch? And Zig kind of heard it. And his response was, why would I cheat them out of the joy of being able to do that? That was their desire to contribute and to, to purchase my lunch as simple as something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. It would be wrong of me not to accept that gracious offer. What a great lesson, right? It's great. It's great. It really is grace. It's, you know, I am, it's just a great reminder of how much I love being generous and how much I could be present to, you know, I have texts of people holding the book and going, Jen, look, I just got my copy. And they're not sucking up to me. They're not, you know, no, this, no. this isn't a, a manipulation. They, it's, it's like an authentic thrill to be able to say, Hey, my friend, Jen, look, at look what happened. And so, and so there's a great, you know, it's part of being unstuck is opening your heart to it's funny how we, you know, I, I'm stopping myself from finishing that sentence because we try so hard as solo artists. We try so hard to prove ourselves or to make up for something our father told us when we were eight and trying to prove that it isn't true that I'm not good enough or to be worthy of someone, even God's love by constantly um, being enough. But if you get contributed to by other people, you're not proving your own worthiness of the love your lovability because you've got other people's help. So that's, you can't let anybody in. It's, it's almost like a built in egoic mechanism um, in society to not receive help when we have to decide whether we want to spend the rest of our life proving our worthiness, which is not a worthy worthiness based universe. I'll tell you how I know that if today I'm breathing in my share of air, how could I possibly do enough in a minute or in a lifetime to deserve one day's share of air? I couldn't, it's not a deserving or worthiness based universe. The trees are breathing out when I'm breathing in and I'm alive because of them period end of story. It's not a deserving base universe. So if it's not, we have to decide whether we want to keep living in that proving deserving base, which is completely incongruent with the way consciousness works, or whether we want to, you know, live in a, how much can I create and contribute to this world universe? And if we want, and the book was birthed from that inspiration from that, as your show says, you know, that book was birthed from the place of my favorite question. I think I, I, uh, we talked about that before, which is my, which is what is the most meaningful thing that I can do that would cause the greatest amount of fulfillment that would have me wake up with more energy that I went to sleep with that would allow me to live in the reciprocal flow of abundance of the entire universe that would be effortless and productive 
and utilize everything I've ever learned and make the biggest contribution I could possibly make in this lifetime? Answer that question. And you're, you're clearly not trying to prove, you know, this is about what can I be used for? What can I, what, what, what am I being facilitated towards? So I, I think that that's so cool. And that, and a little bit since the last time you were on the show, I, you know, we shared the uh, show title change and um, it came from friends, very loving, very, you know, whatever, right. right? Yeah. Who, who, um, said, can I share something with you? And I said, sure. And I said, what the heck's with the name of your show? <laughs> and I said, well, that's why I added a tagline, you know, bring your voice to life. And he said, well, that'd be a better choice. And I said, well, that's true. Again, I wasn't, it wasn't an ego state. It was just a, uh, you know, uh, uh, sharing my voice. Right. And then, and he said, yeah, but that's too long. And so, I said, it's really about the champions of inspiration. It's about people who um, are inspiring other people to take action in their life, to do something, to move forward, to, to get unstuck. Yes. Right? And, yep. and so that um, I was going to make a little joke about your question. It's a little bit of a run on question, by the way, uh, but, I think. <laughs> but I think it's awesome because that's, that's exactly again, the design of this show is to share champions of inspiration, to get people to think, to get them to, to reach outside of it all. Um, how can we contribute? How can we do more? And you do realize that's, it's not a solo, it's not a solo game by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. It's a collaborative come together kind of game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It really is. Well, even that question was inspired by a guy named Shannon Graham. So who got invited to an event specifically to, you know, one of my friends, Laura Gisborne invited him to speak at an event. She said, this guy's for you, Jennifer. <laughs> and, and I thought to myself, you know, this beautiful collaboration of souls that are cheerleading and how much do I feel given to? And, and, you know, it's just, it's endless spirals of generosity on the path of create, you know, we're here to create. We're here to create one of the biggest. Hmm. So even before I got to the book, Scott, okay. I knew that this book was being birthed. I didn't know what to call it. I had taught a course about the, the, the 12, what we call brain bridges. Okay. Brain bridges are where you get your right brain, which is expansive and understands life from a limitless perspective to be able to build a bridge through your corpus callosum to your left logical rational brain to have your left brain understand that life isn't the way you don't have to keep protecting it's not the way you think it is there are a whole you know the real way that it works in physics and and you know the laws of the universe your left brain starts to understand life a different way, but changes your physiology. It changes your magnetics. It changes what comes to you, et cetera, et cetera. So as I'm, as I'm teaching this program with 12 aspects to it, 12 brain bridges, um, I think now this should be my first book. Cause this is like the basis for changing your life. You don't have to, you don't have to excavate every little thing that ever happened to you in this life. And if you believe in past lives, every other life as well, you know, you have to do that 
before you actually get on with living a great life. And most people in the personal personal development world are operating like I have to fix myself first. And it's just total BS, honestly. And so um, it just, it's, um, yeah. And doesn't it come down to, you know, interesting when you said you don't have to fix yourself first. I mean, doesn't it come down to, in essence, exactly where you are at any one time is perfect. Hello. And if you don't have to fix yourself, we've been trained that there's something in our way all the way back to Freudian times, right? That there's something in your way that you have to fix. You're broken. Well, we're not broken at all. We're actually, everything we ever needed is accessible now and then now and then now and then now and every zero point of your existence, the now gives you access to anything you need. And it's, and most people think of that in the world of personal development, like, oh, what I need in order to fix myself. No, what you need in order to flourish, the thing, the reason you, we, we forgot, you know, we forgot, we forgot that the reason we perceived we were fixing ourselves is to get to a place where we can flourish and live an overflow. What if we just skip the part about fixing ourselves and actually go straight to flourishing? What happens now, this is a bit of a leap for everyone, but you know, this is what I came, this is why our work is so special. Right. What I came to was that you actually don't need to fix yourself first. That's a great egoic distraction from your path. The truth is you can actually learn the skills to thrive and in coming up to a frequency, living at a perspective of life, of how overflowish and generous life wants to be towards you, you come to a frequency where you get the greater perspective on all the stuff that you've been trying to fix. And when you come way up here and look back at it, the ability to transmute all the stuff that you thought was broken is about a thousandfold to how hard it is to do from the place of its brokenness. When you're down here trying to analyze, even if you have the best facilitator in the world, you'll have ahas and it'll feel like relief and it is, and it's beautiful. And don't think that I'm talking about spiritually bypassing stuff because I'm not. I'm actually talking about get the tools to actually thrive because that's what you were heading for in the first place. Live at that frequency, start to master these skills. Don't ignore what's coming up to leave, but at least get to the place where you're thriving because creation doesn't give a hoot about, about the stuff that causes contrast in your life. In fact, your life was built to have contrast. It's meant to have stuff that doesn't work. It's fine. Well, and, that's, that's where the yin and the yang comes from, right? Well, I mean, well it's what causes creation. You know, there's this right. thing called um, precession. You know, you and I know about precession. Doria Cordova talks about it all the time in her course, Money and You, right? And in precession, what happens is we're going along this way in life. And at right angles to life, what happens is stuff will happen that's quite miraculous as you're pursuing that goal. And then you'll go on the next one. And then all of a sudden along that line, something else, just like you renaming your show, right? You just started the show and you're, you said you're fine tuning, but really in procession, you're the name and then who knows what different people will come on it will all change. So the point is here I was thinking this book is going to be birthed and the, the, you know, the, the 
act of creativity going along this way and then something else comes up that's really cool and then you go along this way and something else comes up this way that is the act of creativity and instead of going around in circles now you're going in a spiral upward right you're creating in a spiral and in the spiral creativity is a spiral recreating the same thing over and over and over again as a circle and most people in survival mode are trying their stuckness comes from thinking that the same thoughts, not understanding consciousness better, not yeah. understanding how physics works better, um, being afraid of change, because at least if they can get one thing right for their father or their mother or for life or for their teacher or whatever it is to stand still, and there's no enjoyment there. What it is, is like this hard slog that you go through a lot of pain for. I know you don't know anything about this, Scott. Um, <laughs> you go through this terrible, painful, and then someone erects a statue in your honor because you suffered so much. And now you're a martyr for what you created, but it doesn't last because you, you know, life is meant to create upon itself to be better and better and better all the time. And that book was something that was looking to be on the spiral and I was resisting it. Cause I thought, Oh my God, I'm going to have to go on interviews. <gasps> you know, Oh my God, I'm going to have to, you know, talk to people, um, you know, that I don't know. Oh my gosh, who, who, who else, you know, what else is going to come up? Oh my gosh, I might get inspired to do another one. That was a lot of work. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, but that's a great, great and exciting part of it all. You know, a, a friend of mine, uh, some time back now said, you know, we're only here for one reason. That's expansion. Yeah. And and to keep Creativity. on to keep on growing and, and mm -hmm. expanding along with it. So, you know, in the book you talk about law of attraction 2.0. Yeah. How does that relate to kind of what's going on in the world right now? I mean, there's there's a lot of have you noticed there's a lot of stuff going on? Really? <laughs> Is it just me? I've been sleeping. So um <laughs> No, it's not true. Um, yeah, it's not like law of attraction ever changed, by the way. It's just that there's an there are several, there are so many evolutions possible. So, you know, Scott, you could probably give me some of these. I'm 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 almost sure of it. Like, what are some of the the um conversations about law of attraction that you've heard that maybe don't make so much sense to you? Well, I you know, I think I'll far too many people think that I, that you think of something, something yes. desirable. Yes. And then all of a sudden, poof, it shows up. And then they but, get frustrated when it doesn't. Yeah. They get frustrated when it either doesn't, or uh, they realize what you mean? I actually have to take some action or I actually have to play a role in this whole thing. Or maybe I don't deserve, like I ask for stuff and then it doesn't come. So I mustn't deserve it. Yeah, right? why does why does worthiness get get lumped into that? Well, because God loves some people more than others, Scott. No, that is not true. So that is that just how could that possibly be? That's just ridiculous. So here here are probably three parts of. I mean, I talk about more in the book, but these are these are some juicy ones. Okay, sure. so the other ones in the book they're not juicy. Yes, they are. So um. <laughs> But, but here's three of them. Forget the 12. You only need the three. Well, this is just one of the chapters, right? So let, let's just do this one. So okay. 
So the, so the first thing is that most people have a, a misunderstanding going on about intention. They simplified based on lots of people teaching it that um, if you envision and let yourself feel the feelings and you um, work really hard at that, like every day you wake up and you intend and you feel and you see it and all this kind of stuff, that eventually it's inevitable. And then I have seen some other teachings around, there are some things could be in your way, like some unknown karma from the past or some, you know what I mean? Sure. So, um, uh, you know, it could be that it's not your time. It could, but, but there's one foundational principle that goes missing <laughs> and it's fairly basic to the process, honestly. <laughs> um, and that is that your entire life is an intention. You are, your spirit is pouring through your, this specific body with those specific parents, those specific siblings or lack thereof, whether you were adopted or not, whatever, all of that stuff happened because you and infinite wisdom decided to have a conversation about being here. That would be the most delicious ride that would catalyze the greatest amount of fulfillment that would give you the greatest amount of meaning that would contribute to your creativity and contribution on the planet. The entire trajectory, although it's not fate, but the, because you have choice all the time, right. but, but the entire trajectory that you were sent on is to fulfill on your greatest contribution. And the way you do that multiple thousands of different ways. So it's not fate, but if you imagine that something that you're intending. So what I'm talking about is the most expansive ride you can go on that would make right. your greatest contribution. And many approach, uh, the intentions and the vision boarding that they do from the point of view of what would make me feel most in control, give me the greatest status have me feel the best, have me solve my problem with my wife, have me resolve this issue with money. It's all fear-based. It's all of trying to fix yourself based yeah, when the entire universe, yeah, the entire universe is co-conspiring based on the expansiveness of who you really are as an extension of source energy. So if you're in alignment with that, it, that that's a foundational principle of consciousness delivering back to you what you want. And if you're coming from brokenness and needing fixing or trying to keep your life un under control, safe or predictable, that's not really why you're here. So that's why things don't, that is the number one reason I've seen why things don't manifest. Does that make sense to you, Scott? Yeah, it does. You know, the, the, again, I think we get, we get caught up in, uh, almost in what other people think we should want and, and we should manifest, you know, versus what we want. I mean, I, I know, uh, you know, what's important to me is to return respect, honor, and dignity to the planet. Mm. You know, let's lift some people up and, yeah. and you Amen. know, treat everybody with 
the respect, honor, and dignity that are due. You know, respect is how I treat you. Honor is how I lift you up. Mm-hmm. Dignity is how we both feel after the fact. Mm-hmm. And gosh, wouldn't it be uh, better, nicer, friendlier if if we all live that way? Yeah. Seems to make and, some sense to me. Oh, yeah. And, and it's so clear that that's the trajectory you were born for, even witnessed the title of your show, right? You really your show is in alignment with who you are. And so things will manifest, things will be more obvious to you. Things will show up more easily, more effortlessly. Now, that's only one. The second thing in this so-called 2.0, which is really how it was from the beginning, is that even when you're doing a vision board, the magazines that you pick to pick the pictures were actually a manifestation as well because higher levels already know what's coming your way. So to think that by putting it on a vision board, it's coming your way is kind of arrogant as human beings or it's a misunderstanding of physics because we're so incredibly loved by all that is, by physics, by consciousness, whatever you want to call it. You were so incredibly loved that a picture would light up for us means that the picture lies in some version of your future trajectory already. It's already on a timeline in your future. That's why it lit up for you to put it on the vision board in the first place. So, so already the picture is a manifestation, meaning people focus on the picture. Like you have to focus on the picture to get the thing. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the universe entirely loves you and it's already happening. Just stay the course and keep doing the things that have your heart expand, that have you feel um, loving and loved, that have you be excited to get up in the morning. And as you continue on that trajectory, you'll notice you get closer and closer and closer. Can I tell a little story along that line? Sure, absolutely. So, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) a long time ago when Oprah had a show, well, she still has a show, but when Oprah had the Oprah show, I wanted to go to the Oprah show. Right. And, um, I remember kind of thinking like law of attraction and I keep focusing on the Oprah show. I talk to my girlfriend about it every day. Blah, 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 blah. And I had no idea that there. So this is my third point. There's something I like to call an or better. Yeah. And, uh, or betters are way better than what you're intending. And I'm like, I don't, you know, never mind the or better. I just want to get to the Oprah show. (laughs) (laughs) And no matter how hard I tried, it didn't work out. And you know what would happen? I would have, so for instance, my, one of my boyfriends at the time, he had been on Oprah. He he didn't tell me that. And then he told me, and I thought, oh, that's nice. Great. You've been on Oprah and I can't even get a ticket to sit in the audience, you know, and being bratty to myself. Right. And then I had another girlfriend tell me that she had been to, oh, it's so easy for her to get tickets. And I'm like, racka, fracka, snacka. And then there was, (laughs) you know, there's, there's just a bunch of stuff that happened that I just had to laugh. How many people around me, I just, it was funny. Well, it wasn't until I actually I'm not going to tell the full story of this. Actually, it's in the book, but I can tell you right now, the the amount of or betters that happened as a result of that story was ridiculous. A, but let me tell you something else. So 
it's maybe 10 years later because the Oprah show has been off the air for however many years. And I end up being on a team of people that get to work with uh, Stephen Graham. Mm-hmm. And for months, by the way, for like four months straight, it was beautiful. It was, you know, really uplifting. Stephen Graham's Oprah's boyfriend. I don't know if you call him that, but Oprah and Stedman, if you're listening, I apologize if I don't know the exact partner, partner, partner. So, sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. And so um, I actually got to tell him the full story of getting the tickets and ending up wearing her clothes and all this kind of stuff. I did. I ended up wearing her shoes. I ended up wearing her outfit. We were both the same <laughs> size and everything. And I thought, wow, this is, this is quite a story. Nobody would ever believe it. And I told him and he, he was so gracious because I know people tell him stories about Oprah all the time. And they're also trying to get over to Oprah through him. And I said, I promise this is not trying to get to Oprah, but I have to tell you this story. It's insane. And uh, he laughed and I thought, wow, that's, it's pretty cool. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty cool how, when we get out of the way or better, like the universe loves us so much that I could never have intended that. Like who knew that's literally that guy probably had dinner with Oprah the night before and with me the day after. So, so, so manifestation. And we talked about this last time, Scott, it's never not happening. It's always happening. And, it, and it's really only a process of your imagination or your mm-hmm. ability to vision cast or future cast or however you want to call it, I would believe. Well, you, know. you actually don't even have to envision it. I never envisioned it. The point, um, the point I want to make here is that you don't even have to envision it. I didn't envision that. I never even thought about Stedman Graham. Got it. You know? Yet, and so what I'm saying is the universe doesn't want to deliver what your vision is. The universe wants to surprise and delight you with something that's even better than what you I love that. You get and and if you get out of the way, which okay, the title of the book is Unstuck, the physics of getting out of your own way. But it's actually the physics of getting out of the entire universe's way. Because when we do that, what I mean, wouldn't it be amazing, Scott? If every day all we did was have the vision board, but understand that the bottom two thirds of the vision board should just say, or better, right? Yeah. And then what happened is everything that happened to you, you know, the, 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 what you envisioned was just basic. It was just foundational. The universe takes that and ups it times a thousand. I remember the last time when we were talking, you said, mm. um, in it, in it's, this is for, for all those type a type double A's, you know, the ones that, you know, you can make it happen. Not that I would know anybody like that. No, me I, neither. I hate <laughs> nobody like that. You know, don't, don't know anybody like that, Recovering. but you know, spent an entire career of making things happen. Yeah. And you said, you know, I mean, it was very, it was actually, um, very encouraging on one side and food for thought on the other side, when you say, you know, with what you're doing with the new show and with everything that you're doing, 
lack of planning is probably your best friend (laughs) or not knowing where you're going exactly Mm -hmm. is probably going to serve you even better. And that was like a, okay, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. Uh, I accept it. I mean, I'm all good with that. And it's, and that's why it, it, it kind of came to is, is, um, you know, talking about show names and different things and really the, the desire to get the messaging out more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You keep going. It's that procession thing. You keep going with what is presenting. Yeah. Right. And what happens is stuff will show up. Listen, this even lines up with the laws of physics, right? Yeah. Because we're all made of atoms and everything in this three-dimensional world is a solid, a gas or a, you know, or a liquid. And those are all made of atoms and there's charts with all the atomic, you know, symbols and the specific frequencies and all the stuff that goes on a beautiful chemistry chart. And um, what's never talked about in chemistry in high school or even in university or college is the idea of, well, how did things, how did even the earth, how did even existence come about? I mean, now this is a deep philosophical conversation, but whether you believe um, God or evolution or some combination of both, maybe God caused evolution, you know what I mean? You know, it doesn't really matter. What really matters is this, is that at some point we were just an idea human beings were just an idea. Every species was just an idea. Um, A tree was just an idea. You know, having a planet with civilization was just an idea. And where do ideas exist? Well, they don't exist atomically. They exist subatomically. So imagine that in 3D, if there's two atoms, there's a space between the atom. In the space between the atom, is where all ideas and creativity exist. So absolutely have a plan. Absolutely have a plan. You know, what's that saying? God laughs when you say you have a plan. Exactly. Um, But God doesn't really, well, maybe, maybe he, she, it does laugh, you know, because that's where the creativity lies. If you're, if you're going, moving forward with a plan, the creativity lies because you've got some momentum. You've got, you're taking action. And so, and so when something, when there are two atoms, if you're imagining something, but it doesn't exist in reality, where does it come from? Well, that, that imagining and that willingness to believe it to be true opens the doorway for something subatomic, metaphysical, to actually be able to be created in the physical. Now, you know, a book, a podcast, or, you know, whatever, all of these things, everything that we can imagine was just an idea at some point. And ideas live in the metaphysical. And landing them in 3D, there's there's this beautiful process by which we actually create a thing in 3D. And so imagine that creation itself works that way. The space between the atoms needs to be available 
for yeah. us to be given to. So me saying that to you last time was really based on the idea that we have intentions, we have ideas, consciousness, which is metaphysical, content multidimensional, here's is part of those ideas, is co-creating those ideas. And as a result is also creating all the ways that you can get to those ideas, that you can make manifest those ideas, that you can actually put into form those ideas. And in order to get all the resources and the connections and the people to come into your life, and you've never done it before, it requires being given to by books, by consciousness, by yeah. creation itself. And you're never doing it alone. So that spaciousness is my word for this year. That spaciousness, that space between the atoms yep. is where the miraculous occurs. If you want to, you know, type A's, like you said before, if you want to be a type A about it, you can actually completely live in the 3D world and work really, really hard and make a lot of stuff, but it won't be half as fun, half as meaningful or half as easy <laughs> if you don't leave spaciousness for all of the busy people out there that are working their butts off to try to get somewhere. It's like, you got to understand the purpose of life. It is to expand. Well, the purpose of life is to enjoy the expansiveness. Expansiveness is assumed. I'm going to say that again, because it's really important. Expansiveness is not the purpose of life. It is a result of life. Got it. If you're listening. Okay. If you're listening to life, it is the result of life. The purpose of life is to enjoy the creativity or co-creativity. And that is why expansiveness happens. If you're not enjoying it, you're going to work really hard and there might be little teeny weeny increases in, you know, but they won't be huge. It's in the enjoyment, it's in the passion that it actually causes a momentum where the enjoyment and the co-creativity just amplifies itself and it exponentiates. So, um, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Love that. I, I know it's hard to believe our time is we've ripped through oh, our time as always. <laughs> uh, I would encourage everybody to get unstuck. It's, it's fabulous. Uh, Jennifer's fabulous. Um, so much great wisdom and knowledge. Uh, thank you for being here. Really, where do they get unstuck? What's the best way for everybody to get a hold of it? The be well, you can search Jennifer Huff and Unstuck on Amazon, of course, if you, you just want to go direct. But uh, uh, the wideawakening.com forward slash unstuck is a better place to get it because we have, um, first of all, I did a reading of chapter one. And in the reading of chapter one, it's so juicy. I added a whole bunch of author notes to chapter one that actually changed the entire way that you read the book. So you get that recording. And we did a release party where uh, I did all sorts of stuff there too. And of course, there's some materials to back it up. So that's what's going on there. And awesome. uh, so it's the wideawakening.com forward slash unstuck. And that way you'll get all the, um, all the powerful uh, materials as well. Sounds great. Thank you for being here. And thank you all for joining us on Champions of Inspiration. We'll see you again the next event. God bless. Thanks, Scott.